brought to you by DFW Fast Pitch. Based right here in North Texas, softball is more than just a sport. It's a lifestyle. For all your latest softball information and updates, check us out at our website at www.dfwsoftball.com. Kenny Matthews and Brian Gossett here for podcast number seven, the Chocolate Baron of Goss DFW Softball. And man, it's here. The Pinnacle State Championship Week. Our buddy Brian Goss on his way down to Austin as we now from the Fort Worth Star Telegram. How you doing, buddy? Oh, I'm doing great now. I had some food at Bucky's. Filled up. <laughs> and, and uh, I'm here with my buddy uh, Matt, Matt Smith. Uh, take some good photos uh we're, we're about an hour out from from austin and yeah we got part one first uh starting at night and uh, the two a games already got underway and, and the first three a games so yeah we do we hope the audio does come out well for everybody we know that it was kind of traveling with the weather the way it is we wanted to try to get something in so be patient with this it may go in and out a little we'll still have some good material for you yeah it's here i mean we got rock uh metroplex team is down there so yes it's nice to be able to get there and hopefully see them win tonight yeah uh, they've made the state for three years uh the senior class we had five seniors on the team, but three of them have played all four years and have been to state all four years. Uh, Jessica Lee, Landry Feltz, and Peyton Gaska, but uh, been on the unlucky end each, each of the last three times, losing in the semis. So hopefully they can pull out a win in the semifinals and hopefully uh, get that state title. Yes. Actually, going into one of the pitchers of the week, you've got you've two of the pitchers of the week from the DFW Varsity, Fort Worth Star Telegram. Um, then you got Brock Pitcher, Kelsey Tunnels. She was big last week, I would have to say. <laughs> she struck four batters, uh, left five runners on base. She only threw 93 pitches and had a big 8 to 1 win in game three. Clinched the trip to state. And uh, then the other pitcher of the week was uh, Reagan Chisholm, Gator. Uh, let talk a little bit about Kelsey first. Yeah, Kelsey, uh, next year's game two, uh, Brock had dropped yes. that first game and uh, faced an elimination. And Kelsey's out there and he said strikes up four and has one run. Uh, Bushland actually came into that uh, that Saturday, having averaged 16.2 runs uh, per game throughout the playoffs. Uh, they actually they put up 20 or more runs in uh, four playoff games this year. And, and Kelsey was able to uh, allow me, I think, three hits in one run and got that big win to keep their season alive. And Brock uh, ended up winning the, the game three to advance. And so good job by Kelsey. And uh, Long Kaiser was the game three winner. So uh, they, they really came out uh, with the one victory and nine, nine three victory to, to win that doublehead. So uh, great job. Great job by those ladies just running Brock to the state tournament. Yeah, and you know, him and that, then that third game, I'm sure, I'm sure uh, Kaiser kind of appreciated getting those tacked in runs they got in the sixth, seventh. Um, you know, with base hits from, you know, from Bramblett and Tonips, who got, you know, obviously the winning pitcher in game three. I mean, game two. Uh, 
You know, it's huge when you can um, have you can rely on that experience, and obviously that team is loaded with experience, and uh, that probably was the key in winning that close game um, and game three. Yeah, and uh, Bushton was no cakewalk. I mean, they, they played nope. in a 4A regional final last year and got dropped to 3A after the alignment. So, uh, and I mentioned all the runs. I mean, they decided to yes. put up and down the schedule and they're putting up, you know, 15, 16, 18, 20, 30. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I think I had the total in was, yeah, they, I mean, you know, you're talking about, you know, giving, giving up four runs in the last two games for them. I mean, that's a, that's a slow inning for them you know, in the playoffs. But, uh, yeah, they did. Uh, like I said, they've been doing it before. Uh, Joe Nitz and, and Kaiser did a really good job in the, in the circle. Uh, just a ton of others. Uh, sporting, sporting cast. So, yes. Like I said, it's hard to choose. I don't know. So I've, I've seen some say that this is going to do that. We've got to reach uh, Henry Rains High School. Uh, It would definitely be a storybook inning for those seniors. I mean, you know, to be so close and not to achieve that um, ultimate gold medal, um, I'm sure, you know, not to take anything lightly for getting there, you know, I don't want to come across in that way, but man, that sure would be nice to see them bring home that trophy. Um, the other seg, you also had another player to picture is um, Reagan Chisholm from Decatur. I mean, boy, she, she was nails also. I mean, <laughs> she won her 13th and They won. She won a 14th straight game after sweeping Andrews um, through a complete game with 13 strikeouts and a seven win in game one. And then came back and allowed one run and four strikeouts in game two. It's one win. Um, you know, the, the Stephen F. Austin, the more Jack, she's rolling pretty good right now. She's rolling right now. Uh, I think she's given up on two runs in the last 14, 14 games from the start. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, we'll see how they go. They're playing tomorrow morning against another DFW team, Anna. Uh, 9 a.m. Uh, in the semis, for us semis. Yes, I was going to get to that, but the Gators won 15 straight now. So, obviously, they're a red hot team going into this. Um, and like you know, as you just mentioned, they're playing Anna 
the Coyotes are off the state for the very first time from their in the women's program with that school that they have representative. Um, you know, they beat um, Paris North Mar last week five four. Um, you know, I mean, it's, Coach Lacey's done a terrific job with the Coyotes. I mean, she's got you know Hannah Howe, who has just been nailed. She's twenty two and eight and one point seven seven ERI and two hundred twenty nine K. You know, in 166 plus innings. But the thing about her, she's also been hitting the ball real well. She batted 500 during the year, but she's batting 545 in the postseason too. So she's helping her cause too. Yeah, and I, uh, I can't, I can't think of it off the top of my head. I know she's committed somewhere. She went division to Northwestern Oklahoma State. Yes, she signed right before the season started. She's a big volleyball player too. Yeah, so. Uh, Hannah's done a great job. They got another hand on the team, Hannah Mortland. Yes. Um, and yeah, like you mentioned, got that 5 4 win against North Lamar. I'm going to walk off. Um, yep. Matt Gaston, uh, who's my other hitter of the week, along yep. with JT Smith. So uh, still riding the ship, and hopefully they can uh, get get that first win. I think I saw I think I think saw the morning news tweet out that they're trying to get the first team title in, in uh, school history. Or at least the first time since, I think, the 60s or 70s. So. 68 boys golf. Yeah, 68. So, <laughs> yes. over 50 years, over <laughs> half a century. <laughs> so, that's, and, you know, that's a feat just for them. I mean, you know, they're, you know, there's, you know, that program does extremely well in the playoffs annually you know, throughout their, you know, their different sports there. It kind of surprised me that they hadn't had anybody on the women's side get to the state finals, you know, in volleyball or anything like that. So it really did surprise me somewhat. But yeah, got to wish them congratulations. I know they were kind of, we kind of overlooked maybe the first few casts, but we've been mentioning them lately. And it's nice to see them down there, down here in the state representing the Metroplex. I mean, and on top of that, I mean, we were blessed with, you know, having, six representatives in the in them from the Metroplex and the only one that you know did not get there that you know had a shot to get there was Wiley because you know obviously we had six teams playing against each other and that's pretty good right there Brian yeah six teams like I said uh it kind of go goes much seven uh, rains and mm-hmm. rains uh so I mean I was, I was talking to someone this morning about just it doesn't matter in any sport, football, volleyball. I mean, DFW is just a great representative of, of how much talent we have in this area. So softball is obviously no exception. No, oh, yeah. no kidding. Um, Want to maybe talk a little bit about last week's game? We go to the game that you and I did last week. Um, we got to do um, last Tuesday at the Colony. Um, the Colony won that game um, six to zero over um, Little Elm. Um, I know, and I both walked away thoroughly impressed with obviously with Jay Elman, Carly Charles. I mean, what what can you say more about her? I mean, I know she wasn't your pitcher of the week, but I told her at the Eaton um, Keller game that she might be up there again. Son of a gun, she's honorable mention again with um, 14 innings pitched, six hits, two runs, and 17 Ks. Um, I got to speak with her after the game, and I think the reason why she's had such a really good senior year is she's healthy. She had knee surgery last year, so she said she's completely healthy, and that's made a huge difference on the, on the rubber this year. 
And we talked about how close those games were to regular season games before that series started. And uh, Raleigh was pretty dominant. I mean, yeah, I mean, they, I mean, they really were. I mean, well, Jada said that. Uh, she said, John, I mean, she was perfect five for five, I think five runs, five stolen bases inside the park home run. I mean, she almost made three incredible catches from the shortstop spot throughout that series. Uh, I don't, you know, I, I, I don't want it to always come to Jada Coleman podcast, but it's kind of hard to measure when she goes up and she's that dominating. Yeah, and Carly, back to Carly, just amazing run support. Jada and uh, Tracy Hamlin. Yeah, Tracy Hamlin. Yeah. Dunk, big hit in that game. Um, Olivia Wick also had a big hit in this. You know, you know their lineup is getting. And, you know, I was going to speak to Charles. I mean, she had three hits in the series, and she's batting in the nine hole. And talking with Coach Dina Coleman at the end of the game, she said that, you know, we're going to put her in nine home, so they'll have to pitch to Jada. And, wow, Charles is doing extremely well here in the playoffs with the bat, too. Yeah, just, uh, just on both ends of the ball. It's working out. Absolutely. So, yeah, I was thoroughly impressed with the Colony. Obviously, um, it's kind of what we wanted. We wanted to see if the Colony and Forney would win to get to state. Um, we got our fingers crossed that they both could win their first game, obviously. But, um, you know, they're playing um, Colony playing Corpus Christi Callen. And Forney is playing, I can't remember offhand, um, Angelton. 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 But, um, yeah, I was. I think, before, I think the Colony may have been the most impressive team throughout the playoffs so far. Not named Forney, you know, because Forney's been run ruling a lot of people. I guess they're saying five, six, eight level. But man, that's gonna be that's gonna be a tough match for. It's gonna be a tough out here in. in yeah, and I'm hoping that they both win the semifinal game. We'll have guarantee a DFW team winning winning state. So you know, that would. They, the <laughs> Met the last two, at least the last two playoffs. Yep. Uh, I think uh, when when Colony won in seventeen, I think it was the regional final, but not, not positive. Yes, it was. It was the regional final in seventeen, and that was a three. Went two games out of. They won two two out of the three games, and I believe the last game was separated by one run, and that was what I believe three days after the death of Emma. So. No, you're talking about an emotionally spent Forney team that still took the eventual state champion of the third game in that playoffs. Yeah, and then they played in the second round master, and I think it was a one-run game for it. Uh, I want to say Byron. Wiley East. Yeah, okay, Wiley East. Yep, Wiley East. <clears throat> so so hopefully, yeah, it's... hopefully they can, they can meet up uh, for the final Absolutely, absolutely. Um, speaking of, we won't, won't go wrong. We can speak of Forney now. Boy, uh, I mean, what else to say? They were pretty dominant themselves last week. Um, 
couple, you know, a run rule over um, over Chris Brady. Um, you know, I guess the good news to come out of all that is that both War Sisters are going to be okay. Um, uh, shortstop War, I can't believe her first name. Is it Michaela? No, Michaela is the pitcher. Yeah. Yeah, my yeah, she did something with her lower leg trying to run out of hit in the first inning. She tried to come out and play shortstop in the bottom half of the first, and then she had to leave the game. And then, obviously, most of the softball world knows about what happened when Sadie Hewitt hit that line drive that Kayla worked. But thank God she is going to be okay. As a matter of fact, she was at her practice Monday morning with her team. She didn't practice, but she was there. Not having any residual headaches, no cuts, just a bad bruise and no signs of concussion. And that's just wonderful news because it definitely zapped the energy out of that crowd on Friday night for certain. Um, but not to take anything away from what did happen to her, that 40 team was just pretty dominant again. Up and down that lineup, they, they're just tough outs. Um, Jessica Roberts again, who was probably my player of the game, got to interview her afterwards, you know, place here, I believe she's now been on base. Six out of her last seven at bats in the nine old bat across, which you get cross and Roberts and Holbrook on before you even get to that media, that order of Cannon, Deroshay, and um and um Sadie Hewitt, who may be the hottest hitter in the Metro. You know, she's seven for her last ten and eleven RBIs. So it's 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 it was wonderful to see that lineup kind of come out, but it was just kind of a downer that they had to kind of finish it after you know the injuries. Yeah, uh, and Amy Watts. Uh, yeah, I think you kind of broke up on me a little. I'm uh, sorry. Team right now, like you said, they play Angleton. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, they play, they play Friday at noon, and uh, I know Angleton has had a uh, football team last couple of years. Uh, there'll be a lot of big teams. Colony's already there at 9 a.m. Friday, then 40 at uh, 12, and uh, Keller finishing it off at 6. Yep, and Angleton, um, Trinity Cannon is going to be with her future um, 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 player at 9 a.m., Mia Scott, the third baseman for Angleton. Um, she was all state as a freshman last year. Um, you know, she had six, four, five, and twelve guys, nine of the of the playoff games already. So, kind of funny to go have a lot of um, you know, have a little twang. You know, the the A and M Aggies will be going against each other. You know, on for on Friday. And so, um, yeah, then I would like to nice to see the. Uh future college teammates out there, but uh, maybe not so much uh, friendly there during the game, maybe after the game. Yeah, that's what I said. That'll definitely be a friendly shake after the game. <laughs> um, also, you know, it's uh, we, um, what, you know, with Thorny we're talking about there, I mean, I got to talk as a Hollingsworth. She thinks she'll be back playing um and select ball here in, in july so that's good news on her front she said she thinks she'd be able to be cleared and up three to do some slight activity so um do want to miss her wish her a speedy recovery also going forward also would like to wish the uh, the idols that got their wedding anniversary this past weekend so congratulations to mary and coach idol out there in the morning 
and we wish you well. We're hoping that we get our dream game in the Pony and the Colony, since we've already mentioned that. But that's what we're hoping for Saturday. That's at least that's what I'm rooting for anyway. <laughs> oh, I'm, right, I'm right with you, man. I, I hope they can get past the first game and uh, their five, the 5A title on Saturday. Yep, absolutely. Then I was going to talk about, um, we, I wanted to mention Wiley Pirates. They're the one team that did not get in for the Metroplex that had a shot without going through a Metroplex team. A wonderful year that they had, but they lost 4 nothing in game one and then 3-1 in game two down in Waco last week. Um, again, um, Wiley they, they had a lot of hits in the game, but left a lot of people on base. So I know it's going to be really bitter, bitter long offseason to kind of, kind of realize that you lost. That you had a shot at, um, I believe, six out of the seven innings. They had runners in scoring position and only able to capitalize once in that game in that game two struggle. Um, we knew it was going to be tough beating Klein Collins. Um, there's no shame in losing to them. You know, it's just an excellent, excellent job by – Head coach Herb Harmon to get that program this um, to the farthest they have to have in school history. Yeah, no, we've, we've name dropped a lot of their kids over the last couple of weeks, and sure, um, I think Anna Anna Gunther is. Uh, I think this is it. I think she's graduating. Yes. yes. Going to, go to uh, Incarnate Warbird. Yes, she is. Right. And then you got Bella Dayton, who is going to graduate, and she's going to go play in Arizona. So some career coming to the end. Uh, you know, you got Rylan Wiggins and uh, Annie's little sister Avery Gunther, and yes, uh, Skyler Slaw. I mean, they, they did a fantastic job. You know, coming in uh, thirty-five and two against Brian yep. Collins. And so, like you said, it's no. No shame to put your head down. It's a great season. Uh, historic type of season for Wiley for sure. Not agree with you more on that. I uh, really, it's what it was. It's a nice run for the Pirates, and you know, and they're, you know, I guess you know, like we said, and Klein Collins were number two in the country, in the state or in the country in some deals. So I mean, yeah, we knew it was going to be a tough act, but you know, I just know it's got to be fighting out a little bit, leaving so many ducks on the pond, you know. Get one or two of those big hits in there it may change the whole series. Yeah. Yep. And then um, finally, I'd like to talk about the game that I was at, and I know you're very close with, is Keller and Eaton. Battle four between them on last um, last Thursday night out at um, Flower Mound. Great atmosphere. I wouldn't want to talk about that in a little bit here in a second. I mean, packed house, standing room. Um, it was it was everything that you could have. Before. We had drama. We had big hits. Um, you know, big for Eaton. I mean, excuse me for Keller on Friday night, on Thursday night. But then, you know, it was just as one of those back and forth games. You know, we got Kennedy Kreitz comes up. She hits her second home run of the year, a two-run shot, which gave Eaton a three-two lead. You know, but then an uh, in and a half later, Keller gets three runs in. And I think this is the biggest thing in there is it, it was mental mistakes by Eaton. Had a couple of throwing errors, had a play that should have been made at first base and wasn't. And um, the Keller, you know, being as experienced as they are, they capitalized, you know, and we, you and I have both talked about since podcast one, you can't give good teams multiple out in an inning, especially not a team as loaded as, as, loaded as Keller. 
Yeah, uh, we couldn't have scripted, you know, these two games together. Uh, the game I went to, game one, yeah. uh, three, three yeah. to one finish, and then six to five at game two. I mean, the, the two regular season games were decided by one. Run. Yeah. It's top. Yeah. I believe. And, it's unreal. It was, you know, just seeing all the talent on both sides of that field and looking up and thinking that Eaton has lost four games this year by five runs to the same team. <laughs> it's got to eat at you just a little bit, you know. It's just, but, I mean, it's, you know, you, you hate to see that, you know, on that Eaton side. They were loaded. Um, you know, Kadarka strikes out Fleming. They're in the bottom half of the seventh inning with runners at first and second after um, he crashed run in the top half, of the, I mean, in, in the bottom half of the seventh. Uh, kind of fitting, I guess, for the killer girls, you know, like Desario and, you know, Dirk had been there for a while to be able to get back to the state their senior years. Um, you know, it's I, I kind of kind of feel bad for Keller. It's, it's kind of Austin or Buzz for them every year. <laughs> I guess it was their tenth appearance in state, you know, in Austin in 25 plus years. Uh, I guess they are kind of um, championships off all high school. I guess you know, it's not even out the birth right, but they sure do make it to Austin an awful lot, don't they? Yeah, uh, Caroline Woodall's another one, another senior. Uh, yeah, that's right. My man, you know, just like Wiley, you know, Eaton, just a great season on, on the park and only losing to one team all year long. Um, you know, really in the toughest district in, in probably the state. Absolutely. And, you know, they just couldn't really get the job done. They, they, they uh, all four games were really close, and, and three of the four, they actually had lead. So, uh, <laughs> you know, they had it right there. So, <laughs> I guess it's, yep. it's, it's good that, you know, he kept up with, uh, you know, one of the top teams in Keller. And, so they gave they gave them all they could handle, and again, just terrific season. You know, uh, Levi Kennedy Christ had that home run. Actually, he never hit a home run all all before this year. So he hit two <laughs> times coming to Keller, actually. Wow. Uh, yeah, coming in the the first game of the season, and then you know, game two, the final game of the season. So uh, right. Good job on her part, and, and just another, you know, fantastic career. Uh, I felt so close with uh, Maddie Wright. Uh, she had I think, 85 career wins. Yeah. Um, I think it would be three years because that's all they've been playing. So three years. Yep, three years. Yeah. And so yep. she's, she probably has every, every <laughs> uh, pitching record possible, single season career, you name it. Uh, so just wish her the best of luck at ECU. She definitely set the uh, benchmark pretty high. There's no question for whoever comes in behind her. Uh, Matt Wright, you know, Kinsley Zayer, um, Macy Ed, you know, the Ambrosi twins, you know, yes, their years come, come, you know, their career comes to an end, but they've left their mark on that program for certain, man. It's going to be some hard, it's going to be tough acts to follow, but, you know, Eaton's got, got a lot of firms coming back next year, you know. So, I, you know, I'm not thinking that Eaton's going away anytime soon for certain. Um, you know, with Blankenship and Middlebrook and Flint, I mean, 
Kreitz comes back next year. I mean, they're going to be pretty solid next year, too, if they can just find, you know, find, got to find somebody to replace Matty Wright, which is going to be a tough act to follow. Yeah, definitely. But, uh, you know, going back to Keller here, you know, they got uh, Katie in the semifinals again on Friday. Yes. And Katie's, uh, they're, they're, um, they've always been a good softball program. You know, they won state in uh, 2015 against Louisville. Louisville. You know, yep. they usually always, they, it always seems like they're making the, the fourth, fifth rounds every, every postseason. Um, and then just kind of another dream matchup, I guess, if you will. I don't know how many people actually know this, but uh, Clyde Collins on the other side, side of the bracket. And, you know, Keller's only got three losses on the year. Clyde Collins, one of those losses. So, uh, you know, hopefully wow. we just get a, uh, a rematch, if you will. And uh, I'm sure Keller, they're focused on Katie right now, but uh, they'd love to have another drink at Clyde Collins. Yeah, I was, uh, it was interesting. I did some interviews with the Keller girls on Thursday night, and we had a m- faulty mic, so I had to go back out there Memorial Day to talk to the girls. And you can still see that they were riding the euphoria of beating on Thursday, even on that Monday, in that sweat box of a practice that they were having. They, they kind of mentioned a little about how, you know, the focus is the win, you know, to avenge things from the past. And that was is to avenge that loss that they had earlier in the year. But like you said a couple of weeks ago, Kadurka was just coming back um, to pitch then. So, you know, that's early years, probably the best time to catch Keller. <laughs> it's probably yeah. early in the year, you know, in a tournament format, uh, especially the weather was in this spring. But, uh, you know, if there's anybody playing better than Keller or Keller or Forney right now in the state of Texas, I'll be stunned to know. But, that's why we play it now, guys. I mean, you know, we got one game sets now, and that was one thing I was going to mention before. You know, it could have been, you know, think about Brock, you know, lose the first game. What if they did a one-game set? They wouldn't be in Austin, but that's the way they are now. It's one-game sets, you know, going forward, so you can't – you don't have room for error anymore. Yeah, and uh, like you mentioned, uh, that first matchup really early on, and so now – Seems like everyone is 100% healthy. Keller, that is, and Dylan's did really well. You know, the bats are hot. Uh, really good defense behind her. Uh, yes. Just some some senior leadership with with Woodall and Desario um, and Kadurka. And just it's uh it's gonna be that it's gonna be interesting to see. You know, not just that final of this game earlier, but. Uh, you know, uh, falling last year, you know, if they can, you know, kind of avenge that loss as well and, and get back to on top of the mountain, uh, one in 16 and 17. So trying to get mm-hmm. back uh, on top of 6A and, you know, Christina Gwynn uh, and the first base coach, Tiffany Poon, you know, they were there in 03 when they won their first state title. So that'd be a fun story as well, you know, just coaches uh winning as players and, and then you know almost 20 years later doing it as coaches yep and you know a part that i forgot her earlier coach um dina coleman she's actually gonna she has her daughter on first base as a coach for this year she said that this is her daughter's first state appearance for her so you know for the coleman's to have you know all of them on the same team at state now that's you know it's another you know side note there that 
you know, it's pretty, it's, it's pretty, you know, it's, it's got to be pretty nice to have that, but it's a good fortune also at the same time, you know. <laughs> and then also, you know, I, I was very impressed with um, Christina, um, Christina's practice, the way she, she, she got out there and um, we walked away and I said, man, I think she practiced just as hard as the girls did. <laughs> so I think she's ready to suit up and see if she can get an AB this week, Austin. <laughs> I think the focus is there for everyone. Yeah, she was hacking that ball, man. Yes. I saw Kodurka and Brown. They were kind of sitting on the side, and I think that they were all worn out, which she just kept getting after it, man. I walked away very impressed with Coach Wim Barton down on Monday afternoon. Um, I know they're leaving, I believe, she said they're leaving. They play Friday, right? Yes, they leave Thursday. Yes, so today is their last practice. And some of the girls said that they're kind of sad to see that they won't be practicing softball anymore over there. You know, their softball field anymore. But instead, bring home the hardware, and you won't be so sad about missing practice anymore in Keller. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Well, hey, Goss, man, I know you're on your way down. I want to kind of keep it short a little bit. If you got a shout out, let me know. Uh, we could do that now. I've got a little, I got one thing I wanted to say, but I'll wait until after you. If you do have a shout out, uh, go, go for it, all you. Okay, my shout out is going to be this. There's only one thing that's more disappointing is that you have to almost turn people down for softball games. I mean, I was at two regional finals this week, and you had hundreds of people that, could not see the game. Should say hundreds, but I say at least about a fifty or seventy-five people. Nothing against Wiley High School, but you think we have to try to? I think going forward, we're going to have to try to find bigger venues for regional finals in the Metroplex. I don't know if college is the right route to go, or whatever it may be the case. But I mean, I got there forty-five minutes before game time, and I was way in the back on the left field side standing, and there must have been seventy-five or a hundred people that were at least 300 feet away from home plate on a hill watching the game. And I kept thinking, you know, as the way this sport is expanding and exploding, we've got to make it we got to make it friendly for the fans that are coming out because that's the only way that the growth is going to come out, you know, and it's, it was that was just a little disappointing. That's all I wanted to say cuz I hate that people couldn't actually watch, you know, really good softball here in the area and two good teams that may come home next week with the trophy. Yeah, you know, we watched that Keller each game, and, you know, Flower Mound is a yeah. nice big field. I mean, it's, yeah. uh, there's still a lot of people standing <laughs> and, and sitting on the uh, right there next to the fence. But, right. uh, you know, I thought that game was going to be a Chisholm Trail, which is a nice nice field. And you got that, uh, you got a lot of seats in the stands, and then you got mm -hmm. the outfield, outfield hill. So, uh, uh, they, they really pack the crowd there, but uh, for whatever reason, they, they didn't go that route this year. But, you know, I've seen Weatherford College last year mm -hmm. post a game. Uh, I, I just don't, I don't know where else. Uh, you know, UNT, but, uh, you know, they're not the biggest college. You know, you have UTA. Right. UTA might be pretty good, but, uh, yeah, we, we, I don't know. Moving it's forward. Tough. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's tough. It's tough to figure out exactly where, and I mean, I don't have a solution. I guess it was more or less, you know, maybe we need to start thinking about maybe if it's neutrally placed, 
you know, I mean, if you're going to have a Wally and a Frisco Rady, they're going to travel a lot. And, you know, if you're in a small, you know, small older stadium like we were on Friday night, you know, it's a disservice to the people that actually pay to get there. You know, I feel bad for them. Um, and I'm sure those girls would like to play in a back stand. So, I mean, I was thinking about Prosper. Prosper's a big stadium. You know, when we were there last Tuesday, I mean, we, we looked at that and said, wow, this is a big, you know, this is a big softball game. And, and uh, you can see it a lot of people. So, it's just tough to think about going forward. And I think as long as the sport keeps getting as better as it is, I think we're going to run into situations like this where you're not going to, you're not, if you don't get there an hour early, you're not going to have a seat. <laughs> That's <laughs> it. So, it's a good problem still. Yeah, problem. good yeah. problem. Absolutely. That's a great problem to have. You know, I just think it's something we have to maybe plan a little bit better in the future because I don't see how the excitement of softball here in this area is going to go down. If anything, it's going to keep populating. And if that's the case, that means more fans and more young fans. And we young fans in here, that's going to make this sport even better than what it has been. So, yeah, that's my tangent for the day. I'm done preaching. Just something to think about for 2020 next year um i enjoyed the four games and four days and three people going to that was wonderful uh love seeing anna one again and brock's uh, decatur so look forward to seeing everybody down there and often this weekend your girls got to win i know that you got brian and myself and friday night glory and randy Edwards for all rooting for you and hope to put the mic in your face when you're putting on that gold medal this weekend it sure would be fun Yeah, I will wrap up this. I know Brian's on the road. We might have lost track with him with the bad weather here today. We do appreciate you listening to us here on the podcast here with Friday Night Glory. This is our engineers, Randy Edwards. I'm Kenny Matthews, Brian Gossett. We'll be back next week with the state finals wrap up. You can look on Twitter this week with Gossett at Gossett 41. Go to DFW Varsity, Fort Worth Star Telegram. You'll have write ups too, also. You can also check me at Kenny Matthews um, for Twitter updates this weekend. We'll have interviews and updates, obviously, for the weekend. I'll be heading down to Austin on Saturday morning very early. So we will bring you three games on Saturday and looking forward to every last one. Again, we appreciate you guys listening to us. You guys have a great week. If you're coming up to Austin, have safe travels. And we'll talk to you guys next week. Thanks so much.